Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. Anybody see me almost trip? (laughs) Annie did. (laughs) Well, if it isn't obvious, I'm no longer pregnant. (laughs) I know, right? Where's my baby? No, my baby is um, at my house. My mom is taking care of her. Didn't want to get her out with all the flu yucky, you know, not that y'all are yucky, but you know, you could, you could have just recently had it. Anybody had the flu recently? Oh, I'm so glad she's not here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's awesome to be here with you guys. So, um, I've just got a word that, um, God, God put on my heart, um, literally in the middle of labor. Isn't that crazy? And in the middle of my labor, um, that was very, very quick. It was, um, five and a half hours and baby girl came out in one push y'all one push. So thank you all for praying for short labor for me, because if you know my story with Dominic, our little boy, who's two and a half, I was in labor for 30 and a half hours with him pushing for two and a half hours. And it was, yeah, that was really, that was like really rough. Um, You know, but hey, having babies is totally worth it (laughs) in the end. Um, But anyway, so in the middle of um, this experience of giving birth to our beautiful baby girl, um, do we have a picture of her, by the way, up there that we can show you guys? Um, Her name is Nadia Elise Ferrone, and um, I think it's coming We have so many slides to get there, I guess, but there she is. And I look like a mess because that was my first time holding her and yeah, I'm a hot mess, (laughs) but, um, but there she is and she's all red and, uh, pink and, and she's got like the birth cream on her, the the butter, the butter. I don't know. Help help her came out. I don't, I have no idea, but, uh, it's just, just a part of, you know, baby stuff, but, um, Anyway, so really quick, you guys kind of want to know my story of like how this all happened with Baby Girl. Okay, so Dom and I, first of all, were in New Orleans. Um, This was a week before my due date, so the 19th of January, and the last thing that I had to eat was beignets. Mm -hmm. Everybody go to Cafe Du Monde when they go to New Orleans, right? Right? My fave. We had to go every time. and so I uh, kind of get back into town after, uh, after being in New Orleans all day. My sister had babysat Dominic. This was like our last date day together before having two children. So we, um, we come back and I'm, and I'm having like some contractions, but I'm not sure, you know, if they're like real contractions or if, you know, these are like the fake Braxton Hicks kind of thing. Um, well, very quickly they started to just like progress and I'm like, okay, I am in active labor. And of course I had like my bag only halfway packed. Like I had no clothes in it. Like I had no diapers. I had nothing. <laughs> um, that it was only halfway done. And so literally going through all of like contractions and stuff. Like I'm I'm like yelling at not yelling, but I'm like saying Dom, you know, you know, throw this in the bag for me. Um, for those of you who uh, didn't know, we're just recently moving into our house um, like a month ago. So we had all these um, things that we still hadn't unpacked. So including the car seat that had been sitting in storage for like six months and... So Dom's doing laundry while I'm having contractions, right? (laughs) 
Long story short, we go to the hospital. It's kind of like a movie with how fast everything happened because the lady at the ER didn't really think that I was in active labor then, until she saw me have a contraction in front of her. Then she's like literally zipping me all over the place, like in the hospital, like she was running. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it was crazy. <laughs> um, but so we make it. Um, and the anesthesiologist is already at the desk and he's like, you want the epidural? I was like, absolutely, give it to me now. They were doing everything so out of order because whenever they like checked me, I was in very active labor saying that I may have this baby within the hour. So thank God I didn't wait any longer, right? Or that we weren't in New Orleans, you know, in Cafe Du Monde, that would, yeah. Um, it's a dirty place there. Um, <laughs> But um, anyway, so get the epidural. I am as good as gravy. I am like, yes, thank you, Jesus, you know, for this epidural, feeling good. Um, and, uh, you know, doctor comes in, breaks my water. We're like progressing. Everything's great. And then before you know it, um, like doctor comes in and like a nurse and they're like, we don't like what we're seeing. And I'm like, what? I feel amazing. Like I'm not feeling contractions right now. <laughs> um, but basically, um, our baby girl's heart rate was not just dropping with each contraction, which was kind of like a normal thing. Uh, her heart rate was plummeting to like a scary level. And we were like, what's going on? Um, we were, we were like, okay, this is, this is weird. This is not good. This is not what needs to be happening. And so the doctor was like, we need to check what's going on. So it brings in the ultrasound machine. And um, basically the cord was like around her neck. And I also had lost a lot of amniotic fluid from when um, the doctor broke my water. Um, the baby was still kind of high up, like too high up in my body to where I, I wasn't ready to push yet. Um, and um, my little baby girl was a roller apparently because she had flipped. And when she should have been face down, she was face up. She was sunny side up. So there were like four big... Um, big uh, issues here where um, we were we were we were pretty scared you know and um, so doctors saying okay like even though you're progressing so fast like I'm not I'm not liking what I see and um, we may have to do a c-section like an emergency c-section and you guys it's like all of my all of my fears became reality um, backstory a little bit before we get to the amazing part of her birth um, I've been struggling with fear. I've been struggling with fear, um, just different moments in my life. But when it came to this pregnancy, for some reason, I, I just struggled. You can ask Dom every single Sunday, pretty much, uh, whenever we would go up to pray with people at the altar, I would go back to my seat and he would, he would pray over me and he, and, and he would say, Jackie, what can I pray with you about? And it'd be the same thing. Um, I guess it was because I had such a long, hard labor and delivery with our little boy, Dominic, who he was, he was almost an emergency C-section. I was like borderline with him as well. And it was really hard. And so with this, I just, I just, I just had these fears all throughout my pregnancy, all throughout getting to know each and every one of you. And, um, I didn't really share that with anybody, honestly, other than Dom and, um, and so all this is kind of happening in front of me where, I may, good chance, have to have a C-section, or um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen with my baby girl. She is, like, her life is on the line. Like, the doctor was saying, okay, um, I'm not liking what I see. We're going to try these different things for all for all four different variables that, that nothing was certain. And, um, and if they don't work, like, like we are already prepping the OR and we're going to bring you back. <laughs> and I am like terrified. All of my fears just came to rest. 
and it was heavy. It was hard. Um, I was I was shaking. I was crying. I, it was like this uncontrollable fear that became overwhelming to me. Um, even though I wasn't in any pain at the moment because I had that epidural, which is great. <laughs> but the fear, uh, it caused me to tremble. It caused me to shake. It caused me to, uh, to, to just doubt, to just struggle. Um, anyway, so uh, long story short, the doctor, she wanted to try a few different things. Um, just They gave me oxygen, had me lay on my side. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't move. Um, they 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 put more amniotic fluid back in because they wanted to try to uh, cushion the umbilical cord around her neck. They didn't know if it was twisted. They didn't know exactly where it was. They just knew it was near the neck, and that with each contraction, her heart rate was plummeting. And so, um, anyway, I, the doctor basically said that it's going to be by the grace of God that uh, that you're able to push her out. And Dom, <laughs> I love my man. He's, he's awesome, right? You guys give him a hand, okay? Dom is great, right? <laughs> um, the doctor literally says, okay, it's gonna be by the grace of God that you're able to push her out because this, I'm not liking what I see. And so, and so Dom, he's just like, well, we know him. <laughs> so after, after the doctor steps out for like a minute, like Dom and my mom and my sister, my brother, Zach, there's Zach. Yeah, he was there, my dad. They all circle up around my bed where I'm like laying and I'm having to be still and they've got me on oxygen and I'm shaking, I'm trembling, I am, I am fearful, I am overcome by this fear, right? Um, they just begin to uh, storm the gates of heaven with prayer. They begin to just pray over me. I had worship music playing and um, it's like a playlist that was made and um, and, they, and, and, and they just began to just ask God for a miracle um, because everything just wasn't looking good, you know, for the baby or for, or for me being able to deliver naturally. And so they began to pray. My sister's like playing with my hair, which that's one of my favorite things. It's great. Um, and um, it was in those moments where I had to come face to face, literally, with one of the biggest fears that I've had, honestly, since I was a kid, because my mom had three C-sections. I, you know, whenever I was born, like my mom had to have an emergency C-section with me, all these different things. So I was terrified of this. And I was also terrified of something happening to my baby. I was terrified of losing her. I was terrified of something being wrong. I was terrified of having to be in the NICU. I mean, all these different things that you're like, what if, what if, what if, and doubts and you're struggling. And, and so in the middle of, um, of all of this, I, I was just like, Jesus, Jesus, I, 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 I can't, Jesus. I just kept calling on the name of Jesus, and I said, Jesus, I can't do this in my own strength. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need for you to silence the fear in my heart once and for all. Jesus, cast it out. Jesus, make it go away. Jesus, silence the fear, because I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know the outcome of this situation but Jesus, I want to just trust you. Jesus, silence this fear. And I can't tell you exactly um, exactly what was happening in the room because I just, I stopped looking at the heart monitor of watching her heart rate plummet. I stopped, I stopped worrying and Jesus, Jesus just overcame. It was, it was, it was just something I can't even describe, but I started just, just to worship in my heart. I'm still crying, but like the shaking started to stop. Like the trembling started to just go away. And um, 
it was something that Jesus just did. Like I literally just felt just like this, like release, just like all the fear, all the anxiousness, all the worry and doubts and being so afraid of what was going to happen. It just literally left me. Like they thought I fell asleep, right, Dom? <laughs> they thought that I fell asleep. So from shaking so bad and crying uncontrollably, like they thought I fell asleep. And they're continuing to pray over me. And so the doctor comes in and she's like, okay, um, this is what's happening. Um, her, her, her heart rate has gone back up. This is whenever Dom and them were praying, her heart rate had actually gone back up a little bit. And like, and it was just like, okay, so, so something's happening. And, um, and so the doctor comes back in and she's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do a trial push. Like with everything that's going on, you might get three pushes. Remember I was pushing for two and a half hours, like with my other baby. Okay. Three pushes is like so quick and so like iffy and so like, Okay, I didn't even know if I remember how to push anymore because, like, yeah, I hadn't had any practice in, like, two and a half years, right? Um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, so, like, by this point, like, like just there's this peace in my heart, and I was, like, in go mode, and I don't even know how it happened. I just know it was Jesus. It, Jesus just did it. And so he, um, he just calmed this uh, fear in my heart, and the doctor was like, okay, we're going to give you, like, like a, uh, you know, like practice push kind of thing. And, um, if you don't get her out in three pushes, we're wheeling you back to the OR. Like that's just what's happening. And if anything happens in between that, I don't like maybe even sooner. And so she's like getting me all like, you know, prepped up and she's got like, she's getting her mask on and her booties and all this stuff. And anyway, she's telling me how to, how, how to push basically again. And I'm just like, okay, like I have, I am fixed on you doctor. And you, you know, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And I was just like, Jesus, whatever happens, whatever the outcome, I trust you. Like I just had this peace. And, um, anyway, y'all, um, I just gave it all that I had and I held my breath and I pushed with everything that I had. And before you knew it, like Dom, Dom and the doctors, like they're all like, we see a head, we see shoulders, out she comes, you know, like a stick of butter. She just slipped out. <laughs> it was amazing. And so I don't know, like Dom said that I was holding my breath way past the 10 seconds that I just kind of kept pushing like longer than you normally would. I just, I just didn't stop. I don't, I don't even know how. It was just Jesus. And not only did she come out um, crying and breathing, um, you guys, it was amazing. The cord that was around her neck was kind of draped over like a scarf, and it was around like her leg and her foot, but it wasn't strangling her. So she was, so she was breathing. She was crying just fine, like right away. Good color. And whenever she had flipped, remember how she was face up? In the birth canal, you guys, she rotated. That was the thing that the doctor said. This, this rarely happens. Like, the, by, this is probably not going to happen. She she rotated and she came out the way that she was supposed to, with her head down. And um, anyway, God just did it, y'all. And I know that was like a long story short, but trust me, that is the short version, right, Taylor? Yes, that's the short version of my story. <laughs> um, but what I want to talk to you guys about is fear. Who in this room has ever been afraid of anything? Okay, I think like every hand is probably going to go up. Like, yeah, okay, unless you're, I don't know, Superman. But honestly, he's afraid of kryptonite, right? I don't know. But no, um, we've all struggled with fear, right? We've all, we've all been there. We've all um, dealt with different fears in our lives. Some of the fears that 
we struggle with are unrealistic. Um, some fears that we struggle with are knocking on our doorstep every day. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe, um, maybe some of you have fears of uh, failure. Yeah, anybody? That, that's been me before. Um, the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. Oh my goodness, all the, all the what ifs. Um, rejection. Anybody been there? I raised my hand for all of these, pretty much. Um, parents divorcing. How many in this room have had parents that are divorced, or they're divorced right now, or they're, you worry about it? Yeah. It's real, right? And it hurts. Um, what about death? How many of you guys have been afraid of death? How many of you are afraid of death maybe right now? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So we have, we have all these fears that we are struggling with, right? Um, so we, 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 we just allow these fears to enter, and we dwell on them. Um, we're going through all the thoughts of what ifs, and we're listening to voices of doubt, worry, anxiousness, concern, fearfulness. I want to tell you all that this is not from God. How many of you already know that, that fear is not from God? Okay? All right, there's a lot less hands that went up that time. Everybody almost raised their hands for fear that they've been fearful of something, but only a few of you raised your hands when realizing that fear is not from God. Okay, so let's, let's just kind of pick up there. Um, fear is something that paralyzes us, okay? It's something that, um, like literally like a spiritual paralysis sets in. Paralyzed means like you can't like move, like right? Say like my leg was like paralyzed, like I couldn't like lift it, I couldn't like move it, you know? Um, a spiritual paralysis sets in and sets into our hearts, sets into our thoughts. We can't move forward with a spiritual paralysis, right? There's no forward motion, we're not, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Um, we literally become a slave to that fear. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I was there, laying in that hospital bed. I was, I was becoming a slave to it. It was, it was uh, keeping me in bondage. You know, um, I want to read a verse for you guys. Um, it's Second Timothy, one seven. Is that up? Okay. So, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So. Right there, the word of God. Okay, so the word of God is what? Truth. It's his promises. It's reminding us of God's faithfulness. And right here it's saying that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And you're like, okay, Jackie, yeah, that, that's, that's great and everything, but you know, how, how, how do I apply that? How do, how do I make that become a reality in my life? Um, because you guys, there's gonna be, there's gonna be fears that um, that happen. I'm gonna probably struggle with fear, maybe next week with something, or a year from now. There's all these unknowns out there, right? But are we are we going to live in fear? <laughs> there's, I think there's a difference whenever like something just kind of hits us and like we have like a moment maybe. But living in fear. It consumes us. You guys are with me tonight? Like living in fear consumes us. I, I'm speaking to somebody tonight, right? Okay, it's, it's consuming, it's overwhelming, it's distracting. Something that I wanna say is that, the, that fear comes from the pit of hell. It comes from the enemy. But yet we are struggling with it every day, some of us. 
a lot of us. Or something's going to happen in our lives, like God forbid somebody is diagnosed with cancer that we're close to. Maybe that's somebody in here. And so we're struggling with it right now every single day of the unknown. Is that loved one going to pass away? Is that loved one going to make it through chemo? You know, how, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to, you know, mess with my life? You know, and then, and, and, and then we doubt and then we struggle and we, and we go to God and we're angry and we're frustrated and we are overwhelmed. We are consumed by this fear, right? Well, fear, like I said, comes from the enemy. Satan, the father of lies, he wants to get our thoughts and our focus off of Jesus, ultimately. All right? Um, Satan, Satan does not, okay, this is, this is great, okay? Satan does not want us to call on the name of Jesus, okay? The song that we were singing, if, if we could put up the lyrics, Isaac, um, tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name will not be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name will not be overcome. I love, I love the lyrics to this song for so many reasons. Um, ultimately for Jesus to silence the fear in my heart that I was struggling with in such a deep way for months. And then, and then, and then how it all came to a head where literally push comes to shove. Okay. Anybody got that? I had to push the baby out. Okay. <laughs> it's a pun. It's punny. Not really. Okay. Okay. So whenever push comes to shove, yeah, like I, like I literally was dealing with that in the moment of that, of that fear becoming a reality. And um, somebody's still laughing. It's great. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but back on track, the enemy does not want us to call on the name of Jesus. Like, so the lyrics to that song again, like the chorus, it's so awesome. Cause it's saying, Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, you alone silence fear. You guys, there is power in the name of Jesus. The word of God says it. Are we taking it seriously? Like, are we, are we calling on the name of Jesus whenever we're afraid? Who can be honest about that? There's so many times when I haven't. And I just, and I, I just allow the fear to consume me. I allow the fear to overwhelm me, to overcome just anything that God is wanting to do in my life. Lizzie, what if God had this amazing calling on your life and he spoke to your heart about something and you were just too afraid to take that first step? Like what, like what if that was something that held you back from being like, I don't know, Mother Teresa or something, you know, <laughs> like I'm serious. Like what if we allow fear to keep us in like this little bubble to where we never move forward in our walk with Christ? You know, what if, okay? But the word of God says that we are more than conquerors. We, we are overcomers and we, and we cry out to the name of Jesus because the enemy knows, you guys, that, that's the thing. The enemy knows that he's beaten. He is already under our feet, okay? He has already been defeated. Jesus went to the cross, and he rose again. And the enemy's already been beaten. He has a short time here on earth to mess with us, okay? Because our king is coming back, amen? Okay, he's coming back, all right? And Dom talked about this, like, forever ago, about he's not going to be on a donkey anymore. He's going to be on that white horse, and it's going to, yeah, it's amazing. So I'm excited. <laughs> but... 
the enemy knows that he's been beaten. And so whenever we declare in the name of Jesus, he has to flee. And so do the lies of fear and doubt. They, they all have to go, okay, so, so why do we fall into the enemy's trap of fear so often? Why do we forget to call on the name of Jesus? I, I mean, there's, there's like so many things. We get distracted. The enemy loves to distract us, right? Um, we doubt that God is who he says he is. We doubt that all the time, if we're honest with ourselves. Um, we put God in a box, <laughs> and we forget about his promises that his word is constantly talking about, just like, you know, 2 Timothy, and to where it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We, we forget about the, the things that God has already said. Okay, we, we, we forget about his faithfulness. We forget about the things that he's already brought us through. You know? You know, like whenever I was struggling with all of this, I was so fearful of the things that my first labor and delivery were all about that I forgot in that moment of how God brought me through it. He, he, he brought me through that hard time. And why was I doubting that he was going to do it again or, or, that, or, that, or that, that, that he wasn't going to do it again? Because regardless of what the outcome was going to be, he was still with me, you know, and he had already brought me through it. So, so you guys, so we fall into these traps. Um, okay, here's another one. We honestly believe that we can do things in our own strength, right? We believe that we are strong enough, that we can, we can, you know, take on our own destiny, you know, we can fix our own problems, we can do things in our own strength. No, we are weak, little people. <laughs> we mess up all the time, we miss the mark all the time, and in our own strength, I tell you, you're going to fall flat on your face. We have to, we have to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. We have to have the power of God working in us and through us whenever we're trying to overcome something so fearful like this, right? And I think a big one is that we want to be in control. We want to be in control. We want this certain outcome to happen. I wanted to be able to deliver my little girl like the right way, not to be cut open, not to have my organs moved around. I wanted the security of knowing that my little girl was going to come out breathing. She was going to come out completely whole, and that everything was going to be okay. That's what I wanted. But when I'm laying there in that hospital bed, I had to surrender to God. I had to give all of that fear over to him before I knew the outcome. Before I knew what was going to happen. Because you know what? It could have very easily been the other way. I could have very easily been cut open. And something could have been wrong with my little girl. And where would I be? Because sometimes things are not going to go your way. <laughs> sometimes we're going to cry out to God and we're praying for this specific thing in our lives that we want fixed. We want changed. We want to happen our way. And sometimes it doesn't. But there's good news. There's, there's hope. Just so you guys know, my, our little girl's name, Nadia, her name means hope. I had no idea this was going to be her story. <laughs> I had no idea that she is going to bring such hope already at such a, such, such a young age. Um, we're in a spiritual battle. We, it says in the word that we're, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but, but against evil spirits and principalities 
of this world of Satan. And how are, how are we fighting? You know, because this was like a spiritual battle, these thoughts, this fear that was going on in my heart and in my spirit. Um, there's a verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, that I want to read. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought. How many of you right now are going through something that's just kind of scary? Just anything, whether it's unrealistic or really hard. Okay. This is the thing. The enemy's lies, which that verse, if we could bring it back up again. The enemy's lies, basically, when it says every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we must take captive every thought that to make it obedient to Christ. So that every pretension, those, those are the lies of the enemy. It's false. It's not real. It's, it's, it's his lies that he's speaking to us. And we so often um, are overcome by it. We so often believe in it. And so we have to call on the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus will not be overcome. Amen? The name of Jesus will not be overcome. And... Another verse that I've got for you guys that's just super encouraging is Psalm 46, 1 through 2. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Uh, Taylor, thank you for that first song. I didn't, I, I didn't even know about that one, but I was just like, yes, it's like Psalm 46 right there. I, I love it. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. So something, something that God was showing me is that um, it's going to be a persistent choice that we face, whether to trust God or to worry and to give into the doubts and the fear that Satan is baiting us with. It's going to be a persistent choice. What does persistence mean? Over and over. Persistence. Come on, somebody other than Annie, speak up. It's going to be persistent. It's going to be regular. It's going to be something that happens on a regular basis because we're going to have things in our life that are constantly out of control, constantly making us afraid, constantly causing us to doubt in God, in each other. There's going to be things that are constantly happening. So it's going to be a persistent choice. It's going to be a daily choice, sometimes a choice that is done minute by minute where you have to say, God, I trust you. I am not going to live in fear. I'm not going to be consumed by this. Jesus, you and you alone. It's going to have to be something that we practice daily. Something that we begin to surrender to God, those things. Just begin talking to him. Even though you may not feel any different that you're choosing. And, this, and, and so how, 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 how do we do that? in reality. Um, I think one of the biggest ways for me is, um, is worship. It's worship. Um, because it was during worship when I was laying there that I, 
I just said, Jesus, Jesus, silence this fear in my heart. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you for this baby that's going to come. I thank you for this little life. And Jesus, I thank you that you're going to make me strong enough to go through whatever it is that I've got to go through, whether it goes my way or not. And that's the thing, you guys. Jesus silenced the fear in my heart before I knew the outcome, before I knew what was going to happen. He silenced that in my heart. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. But you guys, I had to make that choice. I had to make that persistent choice of saying, Jesus, Jesus, silence the fear. Because that's what I kept saying in my heart. Jesus, over and over and over again. And recognizing and remembering who he is, what he's done in my life, his promises and how they're true, and how I'm not alone, and how the enemy has been baiting me for way too long, and I've given into it, and I'm done. So I'm not saying that I'm not gonna struggle in the future with fear and doubt, anxiousness, worry, but I'm not going to forget this experience. I'm, I'm, I'm different when it comes to fear, you guys. Like, the chains have been broken off of me, and Taylor had said it earlier during, during worship, that verse in Revelation, Revelation 12, 11, and, 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 and it's all about our testimony. You guys, my baby girl's story, this story that I'm sharing with you, this is a testimony. Because what, what is this story about? This story is about giving glory to God and to encourage you guys, hopefully, to encourage myself. Like <laughs> That's what a testimony is. And so... We overcome the enemy and his lies by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That, that is what this is all about. And you guys, whenever we worship, Jesus doesn't often or all the time take us out of the tribulation, the hard, the hard times, the, the things that are happening around us that are out of our control, the problems, the the things that we dread the most. But he promises to be with us and to give us peace through it. That's his promise. And that he's going to strengthen us in that weakness. He's going to deliver us. That he's our strong tower. That he is our refuge. You guys, you need to get into the word so you can be knowing what it is that you are proclaiming over your life versus allowing the fear to overcome you. Allow the Holy Spirit to overcome you. Allow truth in God's promises to overcome you, to overwhelm you, where you can live in freedom, where you can walk in it, and you don't live in the fear, where you're not constantly wondering, what if, what's going to happen in my life? My life's spinning out of control. I've been hurt. I've been disappointed. I've been rejected. My parents, God, you don't understand. He does understand. Just start talking to him through worship, through thanking him. You know, it says in Philippians 4 something. <laughs> if anything is praiseworthy, if anything is noble, if anything is good, to dwell on these things. There's going to be things that happen daily, minute by minute, that frustrate you, that make you fearful, that you're overwhelmed and you're overcome by. What are you going to choose to dwell on? The lies of the enemy and the fear that he's planting inside of you that 
honestly, by calling on the name of Jesus, he has to flee, because that's what the word of God says. James 4, 7 through 8, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. That we would call on the name of Jesus through worship, that we choose to worship through the fear, through the hardest, darkest, scariest moments of our lives, we worship our God, our Father, our King who is on the throne, who has already defeated the enemy. Through worship, we surrender. We go to God for strength and his peace and his hope. We know that we're in need of him. And by calling on the name of Jesus, we can and we will overcome fear. We're no longer a slave to it. We're no longer in bondage to it. Fear is so small, but we make it so big. We make it so big. And we thank God in the midst of our unknown and crazy, scary circumstances. Thanking God when we're fearful, that is hard. It's hard to do, especially when you don't know what's going to happen next. But thanking God, that is worship. That is giving him praise. And ultimately, worship is vital to overcoming the enemy's distraction of fear because our eyes and our hearts are fixed back on Jesus where they're supposed to be. If you guys would just bow your heads and pray with me. I want to just have a time of worship and a time of surrender and a time where we can fully just say, Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling on you. Jesus, silence the fear, overcome the fear. Father God, I pray for these students. I pray for these leaders. I pray for every person in the room, God. God, that your hand and your presence would be so heavy on them, on every heart, God, every struggle, every distraction, every anxious thought, every everything that they're worrying about, every fearful moment, God. God, I pray that you overcome, that you overwhelm, and that you cast out all fear, God. God, we need you. God, we, we are so weak. But God, you are so mighty. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to deliver us. God, we make a choice, a persistent choice, God, right now and tomorrow and tonight when our head hits the pillow and our thoughts are <laughs> so tempted to over, be overcome by the fear. God, that you and you alone would give us your peace, that your Holy Spirit would come. God, as we worship you right now, I pray that we just make the choice to surrender the fear, surrender the struggles, surrender everything that we're just dealing with. God, that's out of our control. And God, that we let you in. And God, even though we don't know the outcomes of our situations, even though we don't know what's going to happen next, God, you love us. God, your promises are true. God, help us to remember your faithfulness. And God, as we enter into worship, God, as we come into a sweet time with you right now, God, I pray for freedom in this room. I pray for strongholds to be broken. God, I pray for fear to be overcome by you and you alone when we call on your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.